listening to the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. Today's episode of Final Girls Horrorcast is brought to you by the OT Gourmet Geek, David Green, OC Monster Man, and Tiffany. And thanks for joining us on the 228th episode of Final Girls Horrorcast, the show where we discuss some of the horror, thriller, and sci fi movies currently available on your favorite streaming sites. I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. This week's episode marks the beginning of Listener Request Month. Finally! So excited. It's a little late this year, but we promised it would happen before the year ended. And so, so happy Christmas <laughs> at the very last possible moment. <laughs> <laughs> so we made a wheel covering the very many, the copious, the copious and numerous amount of requests we received. So we will be spinning that wheel at the end of this episode for next week's episode, similar to our wheel of terrors. It's true because um, we don't like choosing and like leaving things out. So we figured this will be a fair way that we can just leave the decision to the gods. To the all-knowing, <laughs> the all-knowing wheel. So exactly. we spun the wheel off the air for this week mm-hmm. because we were waiting for more requests to come in. Um, so what did the wheel spin for us for this week's episode, Carly? This week we are doing uh, Salem Slot from 2004 and The Rental Um, so neither of these are available for free. (laughs) Salem's Lot, um, was a mini series from 2004 and you can rent it for about $4. It was on TNT. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. (laughs) Um, and that was requested to us by David Draper. And then, um, the rental is ironically not available to rent. (laughs) So you have to buy it. I had a good around. chuckle about that. <laughs> you, I got Insert no response from Carly, but there was like three or four text messages where I'm like, you can't rent the rental. She was oh. like, hey, remember that time that I said this? <laughs> no response. I was like crickets. It's like, oh, I'm so unappreciated. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. It was comic um, gold. So you can rent that or Yep, buy it, not rent it. No, you can't rent it. No renting it. That's the joke (laughs) for about $8, uh, and that was requested by Alex. So thank you so much for requesting. And listen Uh, to this episode to find out if it's worth renting or not, or buying. I mean, we appreciated it because we got, you know. Dan Stevens. Our man. He's back with Some Dan Stevens action, which I think this is the first Dan Stevens movie that we've covered all year. We didn't cover one last year either. Oh, good gracious. I know. It's been too long. We haven't covered a Dan Stevens movie since The Apostle. That was a really long time ago. That was like two years ago. Dan, give us some more stuff. I know. What the fuck is he doing? So shout out. Fancy indie shit. I would like some horror movies, please. (laughs) Shout out to Dave Franco. Thanks, Uh, Dave. And also Alex for making this possible. Yeah. We can always count on Alex. We really can. Yeah. Okay. So before we jump in, oh my God, I hit my boom and it made a loud noise. I hope that. See, (laughs) this is just, it's dangerous, these microphones. I was accosted before we started recording. (laughs) Accosted. (laughs) (laughs) 
was accosted. I was accosted just by my microphone. Year. <laughs> <sighs> Let me try that again. But before we jump into today's films, let's get started with a segment that we like to call Trailer Trash Talk. Today's trailer is a black phone. I didn't write the date it's released, <laughs> but it's February. coming up. February. It's February. Just sometime I'll find in the February. Exact date. Uh, it's written and directed by Scott Derrickson, who previously uh, directed The Exorcism of Emily Rose and Sinister. It's also written by C. Robert Cargill, who did Sinister and Sinister 2. And it's based on the short story by Joe Hill. As we all know, Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. And oh, it's okay. coming to you or a theater near you February 4th, 2022. <sighs> Thanks, Carly. Coming in. Coming in with the info. Just it's like it never was missed, you know, <laughs> until I draw till I drew attention to it. <laughs> the IMDb summary is after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13 year old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. This movie looks so good. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited for this movie and I'm so sad that I missed it at Beyond Fest. It sold out so fast. Yeah. Um. And I'm super sad also because uh, guess who did the Q&A? Ethan Hawke. Mike Flanagan what? was the moderator. <gasps> no, he was not. Yeah, he was. And I, look, it was a very <laughs> sad, sad night. The night You that missed I, him again. Yeah. The night that I knew where he was with this movie that I wanted to see and I couldn't be there. God, even I saw Mike Flanagan. Travesty. <laughs> even I have. You did. Yeah. And you only... were the only one. And I was like the only one like, there. I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else was like even into it. And now you were like the Mike Flanagan, like the, the hipster. I don't know what I'm saying. Do you know no, what I'm you're saying? No, you're right. You're right. You know? I, I, I liked him before it was cool. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> oh gosh yeah i was talking to like non-horror people and they like knew mike flanagan and they were like oh yeah i, I love mike flanagan i'm like you know who mike flanagan is this is you're a like you don't day. even like mike flanagan <laughs> i did not say that i was I excited i'm kidding i was excited that they knew who he was and liked him but yeah no there was a little bit of like feeling cool i was like yeah <sighs> what am i saying what are we doing oh uh, the black black phone, phone. <laughs> I'm Ethan so excited Hawk to see this movie. Is a creeper. Yes. What the fuck? I love that he's a creeper in this. That I mask is terrifying. Top hats, I think, are like <laughs> just becoming synonymous with horror villains. I is feel it like. because of the Babadook? Babadook, um, also Dr. Sleep. Mr. Peanut. So Mr. Peanut. I think Black Mr. Phone, Peanut's pretty terrifying. The Penguin. I mean, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you see what mm -hmm, I'm saying? Yep, mm -hmm. yep, 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 yep. Hey, um, you know this because you're like uh, a comic book nerd. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean that lovingly. Yes, thank you. Does the Penguin in the comic books wear a top hat? Or is that like a Tim Burton thing? Um, I think think he does but i might be thinking of because he does i feel like in the series also yeah 
in the cartoon. Yeah. I mean, the animated series, you don't call it a cartoon, right? No, you call it the animated series. It's yeah. like the whole the whole shebang. Right. right? Like action like, cartoons are animated series, but like funny cartoons are cartoons. Right. Like Batman, the animated series. Yeah. Um, I feel like he does in the comic. I think it's like a little smaller and not as pronounced as like okay. Danny DeVito's top hat. Sure. But I mean, it's definitely a top hat. Yeah. So we have Danny DeVito in a top hat. Terrifying. Mr. Peanut. Extraordinarily terrifying. Why? Why? Rose the hat. Is there a talking peanut? Rose the hat. Also terrifying. Yep. Yep. And now, and and Babadook. And now Black Phone. I mean, I'm just saying. He might as well have a monocle. I think that mask is pretty great. I props to like mask design for that, for this film. It's it is great. It it yeah. kind of gives me um, V for Vendetta vibes, like oh, the guy Fox Max, but sure. like bigger and more exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like is but, it wood? It looks like carved wood. Almost. I mean, it looks terrifying. I'm not a fan of it. Can I, mean, I just I be am, honest? But I'm not. Yes. If I saw Ethan Hawke without that mask, <laughs> in that in that like. I think in the in the trailer, like he drops stuff out of his van, and the kid like is like helping him. Yeah. Nope. Wouldn't <laughs> I would not help him. I would say, "Oh, I'm sorry, sir." But you know Bye. why you wouldn't help him, right? Because there's just so many red flags. Yeah, but you know why you know about the red flags, though, right? Why? Because you're a true crime dork. I mean, that's true. Yeah. And I would just say this man's face is definitely painted white. But how um, much true crime do you think this little boy has watched or read? But I mean, they're just talking about people getting abducted and missing children. And he's sure. like walking up to a stranger with a van. Uh, maybe his parents didn't teach him right. Well, you know what? Did you have that growing up where it was like a big deal and like children were like, getting propositioned by people in vans in like your neighborhood so like your parents had to talk to you about it no because that was a big thing in my school i remember being like fifth and sixth grade like kids in my class were being like propositioned by dudes in vans to get in their van and so we had like entire assemblies about it that's so scary. I mean, we had a, not in, like assemblies that were focused on it, but it's definitely like something that we were taught, like don't talk to strangers, don't right. get into cars with strangers. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, I don't think that it anything happened in my town to like encourage it. No, I was it. friends with a girl and it happened to her. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Yeah. That's but she scary. like knew her parents yeah. told her, stranger danger, run away. That's wild. Yeah, it was terrifying. I think we were like, I want to say we were like 10. Yeah, it was like fifth grade, I think. That's so scary. I feel like, I feel like, honestly, (laughs) I feel like I'd be less likely to be abducted when I was little versus like now. You think you'd be more likely to be abducted now? Well, like if someone was like, oh, do you want to see like a puppy? I'd be like, yeah. puppies yeah like you know like when you're, you're powerless little, you're like, powerless to the power of puppies puppy. where in my van okay <laughs> <laughs> 
I do absolutely want to see that puppy. What kind? Mm. Kind of an unrelated thing. And then if they couldn't answer thing. that, I'd, you know, no thank you. Kind of an unrelated thing. Yeah. But I now I want to tell this story is I was at a, um, I was at like a flea market in San Diego and we have like a high Mexican population there. So it's like a very, it, like the, the majority of the flea market was like Mexican run. So there's like mm-hmm. a lot of Mexican food and margaritas and stuff that you could get. And, yes. um, and so I was walking in the parking lot with my husband back to my car and there was a guy in the parking lot and he just kept going, perito, perito. And perito in Spanish is puppy, I believe. Don't quote me on that. I'm not fluent in Spanish, nor do I really know any Spanish. But I thought he said burrito. Because <laughs> <laughs> perito and burrito do not sound that different to me in my gringo ears. So I was like, ooh, burritos. And like I almost like followed the guy. <laughs> so apparently you can abduct me for a burrito. <laughs> That's so See? I mean, I would also probably <laughs> for like a good burrito... You know, oh, I was like, oh, maybe he has tamales, too. We better go check this out. <laughs> Tony's like, no, he's selling puppies. And I was like, oh, you're like, I will also take one. I would. Thank that, you. That. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I'm sorry. We got really off touch here. We got sidetracked, but I'm just saying where those puppies at. <laughs> um, I definitely am ex- so excited for this. You know, I'll be there the Thursday before opening night. I'm down. I yeah. won't be there Thursday before opening night, but I would like to see this in theaters for sure. I'm very excited. And there's a magic phone. Who doesn't like a killer with a creepy mask and a top hat and a and a phone that uh, that's magical and talks to ghosts, allows you to talk to ghosts? We all love it. What the, who doesn't love that? Who? I don't know. Who, I ask you? Nobody listening to this podcast, that's probably. That's for sure. That's for sure. Just saying. And Ethan Hawke. I love Ethan Hawke. Sign me up for all of this. Let's do this. Okay, moving on. What's the first movie we're talking about today? Carly. Our first movie is Salem's Lot, uh, the miniseries from 2004. It's two episodes that are about an hour and a half-ish each. Yes. Uh, this one was requested by David Draper of Modern Horrors fame, and here is his Message. Hello, ladies. This is David Draper calling from Southern Cal. I am requesting uh, Salem's Lot, the Salem's Lot remake, and the Chapel Weight series on Epics, which my wife and I just finished and we adored. I hope the two of you have a lovely Thanksgiving weekend. Cheers. Bye-bye. Okay, I just want to be honest. I wish we got some guidance to why he wanted us to watch this movie <laughs> slash miniseries because I am not a Salem's Law expert. I have not seen anything Salem's Law. I have not read any Salem's Law. Uh, this is fresh for me. Yeah, this is brand new for me, too. Um, I like that he and his wife had just finished the Chapel Wait series, which is was so many episodes so we had to um like obviously we can't do that right but we did for another potential um like if we ever do a series month or something like that we put that on the list i i don't know anything about it yeah same i've never read the book um, no the chapel wait series i'm saying oh, i don't oh, know oh, anything oh. about that either 
Uh, same, but apparently it's good because I keep getting recommended it on um, things. On things, I don't remember <laughs> if it was my my Fire Stick or my Apple TV. Uh, oh. But it's an app. Something, okay. some app is telling me to watch it. Oh, okay. um, and so is David Draper. So I trust him. Okay. Um, I also like Adrian Brody's in it. I like that fella. I love so, him. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I'll watch him in anything. Um, so Salem's Lot, 2004. It was directed by Mikhail Solomon and written by Peter Filardi. Um, I would just like to say I didn't write those things in um, where I usually tell you what they've done previously. That's um, Peter Filardi wrote The Craft and Flatliners. So I'm oh, just... Is that why you didn't? Because you wanted to say The Craft? Um, yes. No, I didn't because I forgot to and I just looked it up now. Um, he also wrote Chapel Wait. Oh. So full circle, full, full circle. I don't know if David Draper knew that. Did he know that? Maybe he did knew that. Did you know that, David Draper? He probably did. He probably Cause did. Because he's a writer of modern horrors and so he kn- he would know these types of things. It's true. It's true. Um, Mikhail so Solomon, though, I he, did a lot of TV, just not a lot of movies. He did Band of Brothers, uh, Rome. He was the cinematographer th- for The Abyss. All right. Um, not a lot of directing, though, like movies, movies. So, yeah, lots of lots of series direction. So you, d- you never saw the 1979 version of the Salem's Lot uh, miniseries? You know, I never did. And I blame it on the the cover art never drew me in to be honest sure it always just looked like nosferatu (laughs) um and so i just you know i always passed it it's always kind of been on my list of like things to watch but it just never happened no i always found something else to watch and not a lot of people talk about it so it's never been like Obviously, if there's a Stephen King thing that's really good, people talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I just never really felt like Salem's Lot could be very good if no one really talks about it. Yeah, Which is even- silly, because there's a lot of Stephen King things that I like that not a lot of people talk about. It's like one of those things that it's like, we missed it, you know, probably the first time around. Sure. <laughs> um and it's just something that I never, yeah, when I was kind of going through and, and discovering horror to begin with, it was never one that jumped out at me. And um, like 2004, like I didn't even know this happened. Me either. <laughs> I had to Google it. What? <laughs> the I people in use, it is so fucking random. <laughs> oh my God. When I saw the cast list, though, I was like, yes. Well, yes. yeah, we were like, oh, we have to do this. As like Samantha Rob Mathis, Lowe? Rob Abs- Lowe, Donald Sutherland, Rutger Hauer. Yeah, Rutger Hauer in this. Cromwell. Dude, why is Rutger Howard the fucking best in everything? <laughs> Every single thing he does, he kills it. I want to just start a Rutger Hauer uh, podcast and just go through every movie he's ever done. Yes. Like, that's how amazing of an actor he is. He's so good. He gives He's you chills. so creepy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he kills it. He does kill it. He's so good in this. The acting, like, I have said this numerous times, like, acting, for some reason, Stephen King being adapted for film and TV the acting always comes off cheesy to me. 
And it's just because that's how he writes dialogue. It works yeah. really well on the page and then kind of pops a little too much on the screen, I think. Um, but that being said, I mean, even though like some of the dialogue is a little over the top, I still think the acting's great in this. It is. And it's so melodramatic. I think I messaged that to you when I was watching it because I was oh just God. like, like the, the, it felt. It didn't feel 2004. Like, it felt very, like, murder she wrote, almost. Like, with the the narration over like, yes. the acting. I was like, I'm kind of into this. <laughs> like, and what's up with this um, poster with Rob Lowe on it? That's a good question. Doesn't it look like... I don't know. It, I, I look at it and I go, oh, Rob Lowe's a vampire. <laughs> Absolutely. It's very suggestive. Why do I think that? Is it the leather jacket and the long hair? It might be. It might be. And like whatever his shirt is, is he wearing a choker? I can't figure out if that's the shirt or if it's like a necklace that he's wearing. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's this is a very like 90s look to me. I don't it know. It does not look 2004 no. at all. <laughs> no, no. no. So, I mean, it'll be interesting conversation because, and to our listeners, our apologies, because like I said, we're, we don't have a lot of experience with Salem's Lot to be, so to be doing a a remake of it, um, I mean, it's obviously based on a, on a book, but it's weird to be talking about the second version of this to film and not the first, first, but it's what we're doing so deal with it um (laughs) there's also a 2022 version coming out yeah so at least we'll be ready for that one i apparently (laughs) i don't know do we want to watch it it's directed by uh gary dauberman who wrote annabelle and wolves at the door and it and the nun but the only film he's ever directed is annabelle comes home so, like, not a ton of directing experience. Oh, wait, did I like that one? I think a lot of us liked Annabelle Comes okay. Home. Okay, I think I liked that one. I don't think I've seen it, but I, I think don't a lot of people which is, have which liked which, it. To be honest. It's the newest one. Oh, you know what? I didn't. I, oh. I think I fell asleep. <laughs> but not because it's bad. I think I just put it on too late. You know what I mean? Like, one of those yeah. moments. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to expect from it. I just don't... I feel like just some Stephen King novels just don't work this way. It's like stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like stop trying to make fetch happen. (laughs) It's not going to happen. It's not going to (laughs) happen. I think I'd rather read the novel than watch any other adaptations of this. Because I don't know about you. But I didn't really understand what was happening, even though I understood what was happening. Does that make sense? One hundred percent, it does. It, it makes sense to you because you watched it. But I feel like to people who haven't watched this, they don't know what I'm talking about. So let me try to explain better. <laughs> it's like I watched it. I understood the plot. But there was so much under the surface that was barely scratched that like I knew I was missing a ton of the story and what I got of the story wasn't that interesting. Does that make better sense? Yes. I thought, and it's interesting because I thought we were getting backstory because kind of the beginning is like this overview of everything all of our important players in the town, I guess, that we're going to be following and like 
kind of a little bit of backstory, but not a lot. And then they kind of give you little bits and pieces along the way, but not enough to like create this whole cohesive story. Does that make I, sense? Yeah. I mean, I think that's right. I, we do get backstory, yeah. but it's so confusing. At yeah. first, I didn't know. Okay, so I thought there was a flashback in this until halfway through the first episode. Oh, my God, me too. I literally thought. Did you think that- those kids were him when he was younger? Yes, I totally <laughs> thought that the kid from Cinderella Story was baby Rob Lowe. And then I was like, oh, no, they exist in the same timeline. Wait, you know him as that? That's how yeah. you know him? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I know him from Cougar Town, <laughs> which is very different. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's what he's from. Now I have to look. Well, I'm going to look it up, too. I need to know. Me. I need to know that, we're first of all, that we're talking about the same person. What? It, yes. Yes. That is the kid from Cougar, uh, Town. Cougar Town. He was okay. also in Easy A. Um, and the Hills Have Eyes. And the Hills Have Eyes. Maybe he's not from Cinderella Story. <laughs> Who am I thinking? Oh, no, he is. He totally is. <laughs> Just when he was much younger. I was correct. From Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 2004 so same year same year he did say he did cinderella story after he did salem's lot there you go in case you were all wondering yeah but i thought that he was baby rob lowe i like the hundred percent thought for like an hour into this three hour long thing and then then i was like oh no absolutely not because they're like living in the same world now i I get it (laughs) i was like did i miss something and then i was like amy and i can talk about it I would do, I'm not going to rewind it. Also, this movie they keep is three going, hours long. They keep saying Jerusalem's Lot and Salem's yeah. Lot. Jerusalem's yeah. Lot. Which which is it? Pick I don't pick know. one. Why are we so doing two, di- two different names? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what a great question. Because like, okay, no idea. So now that I'm working, look, okay. So I'm looking at the word Jerusalem written out. And Salem is the second part of that. So I wonder if like Salem's Lot is supposed to be short for Jerusalem's Lot. That's dumb. I agree. Why are we doing this? Pick one and stick with it. (laughs) Or explain that it's like a funny nickname. Otherwise, I'm confused because there's. Yeah. It was more confusing than anything else. Honestly, I thought that like he was talking about Jerusalem's Lot, but he was like changing the name of the town to Salem's Lot for his book. For his novel. Oh, that right. would make sense. That's Did what they I thought. clarify that? No, okay. they sure didn't. <laughs> that was just me assuming, trying to make sense of I something that I mean, that's that a great idea, me. and I hope you know? that's true. Um, but I'll never know unless I read the novel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I mean, I think we're making it pretty clear that this movie isn't super um cohesive i mean it's i'm calling it a movie because i watched it all at once and it's three hours but i mean it is a miniseries so forgive me for using the wrong terminology at times but i I will say it has its moments it has great moments um mostly in the second episode Mm -hmm. there's some really creepy moments um i just wish they worked a little bit better because I don't really have a good feel for some of these characters. And like Stephen King novels are like all about the characters, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And everybody kind of just felt very random. We didn't get to know a lot of them. We had like an overview. It was like too many characters. Yeah, it was very much jumping back and forth. 
Um, I kind of got confused over a couple of the characters because they looked similar and we didn't get enough time with them to like yeah. distinguish, especially when they started to go through their transformation. The blonde women, right? The blonde women and then the blonde yeah. men. Yeah. That were like all looked super <laughs> drugged out. And I was yeah. like, who are you though? Like which one of you is which? Yeah. I liked, I mean, I liked some of these smaller like storylines, but I just don't, they never got fleshed out enough to like have yeah. the full effect on me. Like this French woman, I could have done with more of her history. Like I would have mm-hmm. loved a flashback with her. I want to know what happened when she was younger hanging out at this creepy house. Oh, same. I want that to be part of the story. Give I would have that loved prequel. that. <laughs> yeah. Her story was super interesting. I wanted way more of her. I agree. I honestly didn't really care for Roblo and his his deal. No, he seemed kind of like a scuzz bucket. He did seem like a scuzz bucket and like weirdly full of himself. Yeah. Um, even though it sounded like his books weren't very good. <laughs> um, it was weird. I don't know. That dynamic was weird. And then I didn't understand um, Samantha Mathis and she was involved with this other guy. But then she was also trying to get with Rob Lowe or something. I don't know if that's yeah, true, but it just... I mean, it, that and, like, the dud st- storyline mm-hmm. was Felt fine. Weird. It was a little uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. And the daughter, like, yes. why she had to be involved, it felt kind of extra. Yeah. I will say Andre Brar, who is... Uh, who was the teacher. Mm-hmm. I like uh, him. I love him. If you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, he's like, he's the um, the main guy, not the main guy. What what is he? The chief? chief. The chief. Right. Um, he's awesome in this. He's fantastic. His, in he's everything. killing it. He's killing it with his acting in this. I think he, his acting is like some of the best in the whole. He's my favorite film. part of this of this series, to yeah. be honest. And yeah. he, I mean, he's great all like all the time. Sure. Um, he was captivating. He, I, my favorite scene was when he like went to the door and the guy was like a new vampire and he was just like, you're not invited. I was like, tell him you're not invited. I was like, like, please don't hurt him. He was was a great character. I think and overall his acting was phenomenal and yeah, no complaints there. I liked that he, uh, he challenged, um, Rob Lowe's character. Yeah. And he just, he was so believable and so natural. I can see how there's a really good story in here. Yeah. I just don't think that they got to do it. So I wonder if mm-hmm. this would benefit from a longer, I hate to say longer series, but yeah. Maybe like an actual series. Like an actual season of television. Mm-hmm. Where we can le- like get to spend time with some of these characters. Yeah. And maybe even care about them before they get taken away. Because a lot of things happen very quickly. And we don't... We don't really know what's happening. Like, I don't necessarily... I know that, like, the kid got stolen. Oh, by the way, that, like... uh that drowning scene was like super oh brutal. My gosh. Super brutal. You know what <laughs> scene was super creepy to me is when he was crawling through the vent and yeah. like talking to Rob Lowe when he yeah. was in jail. 
oh my god and like they were like shut in so like usually when there's like jail scenes like there's just like jail bars and you can talk to like the prison guards if you need to Mm -hmm. but they like close this big metal door so like super like like segregated from the police and like they're just talking to each other through the vent and he's like i'm breaking my my ribs and crawling through the vent to come get you and he's like no you're not and he's like yeah i am and i'm like oh my god i'm so scared i mean the cgi for that scene was uh, you know left let a little left to be desired because it's 2004 and it's a mini series on tnt but the just the effective nonetheless but just the idea of that is so creepy and like the dialogue in that scene was very creepy so like i could i'm kind of looking forward to seeing that in the 2022 uh remake i'm sure that scene is is got to be in there because it's easily the creepiest scene in this entire movie it was great this movie had a lot of um oh shit moments for me um one of them was in the first part which was very I, it, I just mentioned it, the drowning in the ice scene. Yes. And then, like, the kid, like, floating underneath the ice and the vampire, like, punching the ice to, like, drag him out. Yeah. Um, that was super effective. Um, the circle saw scene. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> in the second half, I was yeah. like, where did that come from? That was a jump scare, wasn't it? <laughs> it was 100% a moment <laughs> yeah. that I said, I'm sorry, what? Where did that come from? This was on TV? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Donald Sutherland, like, oh flicking my his little tongue out. Ooh. Also very creepy. So creepy. I mean, you could definitely see the the inner, uh, or, like, the, the prequel to Hunger Games action, because he is just, like, <laughs> yeah, so totally. evil in this. Like, totally. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot of really good moments. I think it's worth watching. I just... I do, too. I think it leaves something to be desired. And I can tell there's a better story here and we're not mm-hmm. getting everything. So it just kind of makes me want to read it. Um, and maybe I will. I don't read a lot of horror, but maybe I'll make an exception because this seems very interesting. I love vampires. Yeah. Also, when they die, them like getting sucked to the ceiling and then going into dust. Yes. Is very... Um specific and interesting that one scene with rutger hauer and the mom oh my god oh he i was like did he just oh my god he did yeah yeah (laughs) so good i don't want to spoil it so i'm not gonna say but like he he kills her in a very interesting fashion and it's very quick and you're like did that just happen (laughs) yeah and then the kid has to say it like three times before you're like oh dang yeah it did just happen dude it has some very good moments that were unexpected. Mm-hmm. But overall, I don't know that it's 100%. It's not very successful, honestly. But it's worth it just for those moments alone, I think. I definitely think it has its moments. Yeah. Um, and I think that you're right. It it definitely, there's room for something good. Um, yes. The story does seem to have a lot of promise. And I feel like either making it an actual series or maybe maybe focusing on like three characters yeah <laughs> you know Less what i mean of the story yeah yeah 
I mean, I, the remake is going to be a movie, I think. I don't think it's a miniseries. I mean, that's worrisome, I think. Yeah, I think that is worrisome. Um, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Yeah. We'll see. I do have an important note here for you, Carly. Yep. I wrote, Susan's vampire hair doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's mostly just a note for you. I like it. It doesn't. Lots of hairspray. She's got like half crimped hair and like fancy makeup. And I don't know why. I don't know. It, I guess I thought that too. I was like, oh, she went crazy with the crimper. Like you're not sexier as a vampire in this series. No one else looks different except like for she, the eyes. She automatically had like 80s Madonna hair. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like it was crunchy looking and also crimpy. It was like half crimped and half straight. Yeah. And she had like bubblegum pink lipstick on all of a sudden. <laughs> she was channeling her inner Madonna. It, doesn't, it didn't make any sense. I also had a note at the end, the um, doctor or nurse was not giving chest compressions in the right in the Uh-oh. right place Uh-oh. or in the right way. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, so. I would like to take a moment to talk before we move out forward. I would like to talk about the vampire design in this series. Yes. Because I think it's great. Yes. I love the way these vampires look. They are creepy. Their fangs are close together and very long, and I like that. I do, too. It's very it's very successful. It's different. I've never seen vampire fangs that are this long before. It's creepy. It and is creepy. And their eyes are super creepy. They are. Very cloudy and white. Which is, like, what you'd think. Also, somewhat uncommon. I don't know that a lot of vampire stories do that. No. So. No, most of the eyes are usually very similar or they're like yellow. Yeah, yellow is common or like, yeah, kind of like um, animalistic, you know? Yeah. These are very more like almost ghostly. They're like, they're dead. Yeah. But they're going to eat your blood. I think it's really, they're going to eat your blood. (laughs) Chomp on your blood. They're very Um, hungry. I think the first time we see a vampire, I think it's the young boy that appears at the window. Mm-hmm. And that whole scene, I think, is very effective. I do, too, when he's like, let me in. It's like they got all the scary scenes right, but all the yeah. in-between stuff wrong. I agree. Because, <laughs> like, after that happens to the young boy, after he gets scared by his friend, like, he doesn't tell anyone about it. <laughs> Or really act any different. No, he just is like, yep, there's a vampire. Okay, I got to do something about it. Yeah, it's... it's. I was like, you idiot, you invited him in, so now he can come in. Right, but he was ready. Yeah, but uh, no, but I mean, like, even after that, like, I know that you scared him away that one time. Yeah. But, like, that invitation is forever, I just think it's interesting that... He's supposed to be, like, a horror fan, I found out later. I don't really get that impression, but I think I think it's because he the way that we're supposed to know is because he's making those like dioramas mm. of the graveyards. But okay. that's really it. This was nominated for a primetime Emmy. So there you go. Outstanding musical composition for a miniseries. Okay. 
So just the music, I guess, was nominated. I was like, I don't remember the music, but that's cool. Well, I mean, they say if you don't remember the music, that means it was good. Do they say that? Yeah. Have you ever heard that? No. Like, if you don't remember the sound design of a film, that means that it was, like, perfect for the movie and it, like, took you into the experience rather than drawing attention to itself. Huh. You've never heard that? Oh. I haven't. Oh. I don't, but I believe that. you. I mean, I've heard that. I don't know how true it is. I'm just <laughs> I mean, there's so many movies where I'm like, I love the sound design. Um, Same. <laughs> this isn't one of them, but maybe like, it's more of like an score. understated, that's why it's good. Like whenever I watch a Jordan Peele movie, I'm like, oh, this score is so good. I know, right? But that's yeah. like a music thing. Like, I think that this, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that I don't was, know. was that specifically sound design? Or I was don't it know, music Carly. Punk? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it does say music composition. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's anyway, move on. it's worth watching. Um, so check it out. Yeah. If you feel so inclined. It's. Uh, but Susan's vampire hair does not make any sense. No. Just be prepared for that. She's trying something new. <laughs> She's trying something new. She's got her new life ahead of her. Yep. And she wanted to try a new hairstyle. Yep. So let's move on. Let's do it. We have another request that we're talking about today. It's the rental from 2020. It is requested by Alex C. Listener Alex C. He wrote in, my request is going to be The Rental. It's a neat little movie. It's got Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens is all in caps. What's not to love? Hope you like it. Uh, So The Rental is directed by Dave Franco. This is his first feature length film. He has an upcoming movie called Somebody I Used to Know. It's written by Dave Franco again and Joe Swanberg, who previously Uh, wrote Drinking Buddies, and it's also written by Mike Dembski. The IMDb summary is two couples rent a vacation home for what should be a celebratory weekend getaway. I mean, okay. Right. So Um, I, I mean, we've discussed the trailer for this. We mm -hmm. are big Dan Stevens fans Mm -hmm. on this show. And Uh, uh, let's be real. We love Dan Stevens. We, we love Allison Brie. Yes. We love Sheila Vand. Yes. I don't know if you do, but I love Jeremy Allen White. This was like, I was very excited to see this movie when it first came out. Did you see it when it first came out? Absolutely. Okay, so I, this is I a rewatch it. for you. Yeah. This was my first time watching What'd the you rental. Think? Uh, I want to talk about it in a second. Okay. Because I wanted to say... <laughs> Because I wanted to talk about expectations first, which is that when I saw the trailer for this movie, I remember thinking, this doesn't look that great. And what the fuck is this about? (laughs) We, from, I don't know if this is correct, but I don't remember we watched an actual trailer for it. I remember we watched like the scene of Dan Stevens talking to Alison Brie. That's very possible. When they're like covering it up, like when she's laying in the bed. You know what I mean? Yeah, that sounds about right. So I that don't think we ever right. got a proper trailer for this. I thought, and we, but we were both like, it doesn't matter. It's got Dan Stevens in it. We're seeing it. Well, yeah, but I don't think we, I don't think we had the impression that this was going to be good based on that scene. 
Sure. We also didn't have, I mean, and you don't get it from the summary and you don't get it from a trailer. What the fuck is this about? Like, is this a ghost movie? Is it a killer movie? Like, what is it? Um, I, all that being said, I loved this movie. Yay! A lot. Oh, like a lot. Like, I bought it and I'm like, glad that I bought it. Oh, yay. That makes me Um, happy. I found it refreshing. Yeah. Um, I thought it's like an a, an elevated slasher that's simple but somehow still surprising. I loved how simple this movie was and I remember really enjoying it when I first watched it. Um but to be honest, upon rewatch, like I remembered the first half, but I totally forgot the ending. Like I didn't remember if like they all turned on each other and killed each other or like if someone else came in and picked mm. them off one by one. Like I oh. couldn't remember for the life of me like oh, interesting. what happened for some reason. Um because I found I don't know, I personally found that to be the most refreshing part of this movie. I found yeah. that to be very memorable, but we'll see if I actually remember it. You can check with me <laughs> in a year or so. Cuz like I remembered the um the video part of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I rem- like, but I, I couldn't, like, I don't know, for some reason, <laughs> I totally blanked so our, on the ending. So our basic plot here is we have Dan Stevens. I don't even know what he does for a living. Do we know what he does for a living? I don't know. I don't remember. And we don't know. He's some kind of businessman, and he has a, um, like, a person that works with him, a young woman, and they just had some kind of something that was great for their company. We don't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. But something happened. It was great for their company. His um, his partner at his business is dating his brother. And so he, his wife, and his partner and his brother all go to this vacation home to celebrate. And there's a creepy guy that is renting out the home who a, is a creepy racist, racist man yeah he's a little racist <laughs> because uh you know uh dan stevens uh partner is middle eastern and the guy didn't want to rent to her but he wanted to rent to dan stevens so it was like a whole thing um dan stevens and allison brie not the most supportive in that whole sequence of events by the way it's true it's like if that was my friend i'd be like mm, we're gonna stay somewhere else yeah I, the Let's only note camping. that I have for this is a very risky move casting Dan Stevens opposite your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. You know? What are you thinking, Dave Franco? Were they married then? They must I have been, so, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was fine. <laughs> well, in reality, they had no love scenes. That's true. They were very... Uh, <laughs> it was safer for yeah, him to cast him in that role. <laughs> than Mina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh if God. she was Mina, that would yep. have been worse. Yep. Because He's Dan like, Stevens nope. is a shysty McShysterson in this movie, cheating he all over the place. Is uh, with your brother's girlfriend. Dude, and, and your partner. What are you doing? Literally in the next room. Like, who are you? <sighs> Come on. He's so disappointing in this, but also not. 
but he's also Dan Stevens. Yeah. Like, he does such a good job. He's such a chameleon because I, like, I didn't even think about him being Dan Stevens in this. Me either. He, uh, he really was a different, there was, like, sometimes where would be like, oh, yeah, that is Dan Stevens. But he was very, very much Charlie. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's a really good actor because he can make me forget how much I love him when he's a dick. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I even had notes that were like, he's kind of a dick in this movie. Um, so they they go the whole f- whatever. They're all hanging out. Creepy guy leaves and they decide to do ecstasy. Except for Dan Stevens' wife. He's like, she's like, I'm tired. I'll go to bed, which is okay, fine. I don't know why she does. I don't understand that. Um, I think there's kind of a mixture of reasons. I think that she had thought that the first night was going to be kind of mellow um, because she wasn't planning on bringing out the drugs until Mina said something. So I think... Overall, it was like, I'm not going to enjoy it. So I just, you know, you guys do your thing if you want to, but I'm going to partake tomorrow. I just feel like I don't. Okay. So I don't, I'm not a drug person because I'm just too paranoid of a personality for all that. But like, I feel like if you're going to do ecstasy, like you better do it with your partner. Like you don't just do it with other people (laughs) because it kind of sounds like a bad idea. I think most people do it with other people, but I get I can't speak to it because well, I'm mean, also not I a think, drunk person. <laughs> right. So we're not really ones to have this conversation, but I would just <laughs> think like if you're in a serious relationship or a marriage, you probably don't do ecstasy with people you find attractive when your well, partner's I'm sure that's not there. I'm, I don't think that that's she was thinking. She was like, oh, he's, you know, Mina's with Josh. And if Charlie wants to hang out and like do it, I'm just also saying and, this is a his- bad idea. Like waiting to happen. <laughs> sure, I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I think it is. I don't know because I think it makes you like lovey and it makes you want to like touch people and stuff. So like, you probably will want to do that with your significant other around. Otherwise, you're kind of putting yourself in a shitty position. No, okay. Anyway. So she puts him in, so that, I don't know, she's she's very trusting, which is nice, but he totally just fucks everything up. And so I mean, does they, Mina. They I do. mean, Mina is also yeah. responsible. It's not just she's him. very flirty to him as well. She is, but she tr- at least tries to get her boyfriend to come out, like, don't leave me alone, Um, you know? Uh, sure, but then she's like, ooh, let's share the bubbles. And she walks away, and he follows her yeah but they're both to blame they're both to blame yeah i think they're both to blame i mean even i feel like in the first scene we're meant to get that sexual tension because in the first scene of the movie uh they're like she's like leaning on his you know shoulder over the computer and they're like talking to a thing and i think it's implied at first you're supposed to think that they're the couple until the boyfriend walks in and then she backs away really fast so i think that from the beginning we're kind of set up to think that there's a little something going on they just haven't acted on it yet sure sure i mean yeah you you sense the chemistry and 
and and we watch this unfold whatever they end up hooking up in a shower right Mm -hmm. with his wife asleep in the next room and her boyfriend and his brother downstairs on the couch it's like yes (laughs) yikes um so it happens and the next morning like that can't happen again we're done no absolutely not that was bad and um whatever happens they find she finds a camera in the shower head yikes the next day oh no it's like be so terrifying this shit not only did that happen but now there's video proof that it happened and how do we deal with this so like Dan Stevens is like, well, we can't do anything about it because if we call attention to the fact that we know, then there's a chance that they could find the footage and we'd both yeah. be exposed. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, what do you do in that case, right? Are you on his side with that? I mean, I would just leave. But your spouse isn't going to understand why you want to leave. They're on vacation. I I mean, I would say something. I would say there's a camera in here. Like, we, this is gross. We should get out of here. But what if your spouse wants to call the police? Oh, I'd be fine. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) So I would be like, I would be on that. Like, I would probably leave and then like leave that review on like the Airbnb and like report them. You know what I mean? But I don't know if I would call the police. I don't know what the rules are, though. I mean, if you think, because she's taken a shower. They've all taken showers at that point. Oh, that's true. So they basically, like, could potentially have this, like, weird pornography. If someone tells you you're in a rental and you already took a shower and someone says, oh, there's a a camera in the shower, what are you doing? Are you calling? I might call the police in that case. I think I would call the police if, like, especially if everybody took a shower. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I couldn't blame his spouse for wanting to call police in that case. No, 100%. You're right. Yeah. I didn't think about it in that way. Yeah. But 100% illegal. Definitely call the police. Yeah, that's that's terrifying. That's not even, like, a Airbnb issue. That is a criminal issue yeah yeah i don't know if i'd notice do you want to notice oh a 100 percent. i'd want to notice <laughs> i wouldn't want to take now i'm gonna look you know what i mean like every time <laughs> do you ever watch those like things about like horror stories about how like there's cameras and airbnb like smoke alarms and stuff uh, yes and i i've never airbnb because that terrifies me oh really i airbnb all the time it scares the crap out of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean sure it's definitely something i think about yeah but then i'm just like well i guess i'm just gonna have to deal with it if someone really wants to look at me naked, I guess. <laughs> Come enjoy, <at> me, bro. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy, I guess. I would never know about it. What, do- what I don't know doesn't hurt me. <laughs> it's true. What does it hurt? I don't know about it. If I know about it, it's going to fuck me up for a really yeah. long time. Yeah. But if I don't know about it, it doesn't fucking matter. You're none right? the wiser. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I remember being on tour one time uh, in Kentucky. And we had made some friends at the show that we played and we went back to their house and like everybody took showers and stuff like that before we went to Florida. And in the shower, 
there was like a huge hole in the wall. Oh god. And I was like so sketched out and so like I like maneuvered the shower curtain to like prop up in front of the wall cuz I was so weirded out. <laughs> yeah. The fuck? Yeah. Yikes. But you know, nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they find the camera and they decide not to say anything, which, I mean, I don't know that I could do that. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't be able to. I don't know that I could do that. I mean, I get it. I think it works for the movie. I don't think it's unbelievable. I just don't think I could do that. No. Dan seems like, Dan Stevens in this movie seems like he's a very, like, persuasive kind of person. So, like, I can believe that he could persuade Mina not to say anything. Yeah. Um, But I think Mina starts to feel worse about it when, like, her boyfriend wants to go take a shower and shit. And she's like, this is not okay. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, no. She's like, she should have just, like, broke the shower. Oh, oops, we don't have a shower. (laughs) Or just taking the camera out. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was part of the shower head. So she would have had to like take the shower head off completely. I think I would have done that. Yeah. Regardless, like even if. But then if you do that and you think that the creep put it there, then the creep is going to look at the camera and be like, I know that they know. I mean, they were staring directly into the lens. I feel like they, he, you know, at that point. (sighs) Dude. I don't know. This whole thing's creepy because the guy's creepy. You don't want him He's to so know creepy. you know. <sighs> you don't want Oh, and they leave. don't know who it is. They assume that it's the... They just assume it's the guy that owns it. Like, anyone yeah. would. Anyone mm-hmm. would make that assumption. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the guy was pretty creepy at the beginning. He's like, oh, it's my brother's place. So it's like, it's not even really his place. Yeah. But... Ugh. Eventually, the guy comes through. It's a whole thing. Mina hates him because he's racist to her. She just calls him out on it. She's like, I know about the camera. I'm going to tell the police, like, this is not okay. I'm calling you out. You're caught. And he's like, I didn't do that. He's like, let's call the police. Let's do it right now. That wasn't me. And she's like, no, we can't call the police. Yeah. And then her boyfriend comes in and beats the shit out of him. Yep. Like... All of this is very, like, very melodramatic, very believable. I love this drama that's unraveling. I'm very interested in all of this. The thing that's the best about this movie, it's an hour and 28 minutes, but the time is used so effectively that by the time this point in the movie happens, we get it. There's no... We understand that Mina is, like tough as shit she's probably been dealing with racist assholes for her whole life and so she's like calls people on on their bullshit we know that josh the brother is very insecure in his relationship he loves mina so much all he wants to do is take care of her but he doesn't have a real job he's like an uber driver he just wants to protect her he wants to like be the man in the relationship but mina's kind of intimidating because she's the smart and successful one Mm -hmm. and like we get it so it makes sense when Josh sees the Airbnb guy and Mina fighting it out. He's 100% going to swoop in and, like, kick his ass. Everything that happens is believable. Yes. Everything. 
up into this sequence of events because even if it's not what you would do, you could understand someone doing it. I could picture this scenario happening, even though I'm not sure I would react that way. Totally. So I think it's very believable. Um, so he beats the shit out of this guy. They leave the room. They leave him like in the tub, all bloody. He's not moving. And Allison Brie at this point's on drugs. Yes. And she's she on ecstasy in. by herself and having a grand old time. Yeah. I love when she's like, <laughs> so she calls the, the reason why the Airbnb guy comes back is because she's like the hot tub's broken and I'm on drugs and I want to get in the hot tub. And so, like, <laughs> I love when he comes back and she's like, um, full disclosure, I am completely high as fuck right now. And I just really need the <laughs> I thought she said work. I'm not on drugs. Oh, I, no, I thought she said, full disclosure, I'm on drugs right now. <laughs> oh, I thought she said I'm not on drugs, but I also need to get into the hot tub right now. <laughs> I don't know which one's better. <laughs> They're both fantastic. They're both great. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Oh, she sobers up real fast, though. So anyway, the oh, the the guy who runs the Airbnb beat beat in a bathtub, and they all leave the room. They come back. That guy's dead. We know the guy is dead because a, another person came in the room and killed him by a masked assailant. A masked assailant is right, Carly. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And so we know now. I mean, I could tell by his reaction to the camera that it wasn't him. And that there was someone else involved. But oh, yeah. I think when once we see this person come in and actually kill him, then we're like, oh, fuck. So now this whole group thinks they killed him because they go back in the room and he's just fucking dead. So they're like, we don't know what to do. We can't call the cops because my brother has a record. And if he killed this guy, he's going back to jail. So now it's like they're trying to cover up this murder that they didn't even commit. I love how... I don't know the brother's name. I want to call him Lips because that's his name in Shameless. <laughs> yeah, I love him. Uh, yeah. Josh. Josh. So Josh is like, has a prior record, you know? And yeah, so they want to save him. But, but the wife is like, I'm not living with this for the rest of my life. And this is the most accurate portrayal of anything I've ever seen in a horror movie in my life. Yeah. Well, because Her- even reaction to this whole thing is fucking perfect like no one ever does this in a horror movie and everyone should fucking do this in a horror movie yeah like this is gonna fuck us up for the rest you don't understand this isn't gonna be five minutes of our life no we are going to have to die with this it's going to ruin the rest of my life she's like literally nothing is gonna be the same it's not gonna like he's like it'll just be two seconds and she's like no it's gonna be the rest of our life yes And she's right. Yeah. There's no way you don't have to live with this for the rest of your life. Someone is dead because of of you, presumably. And it's so hard because before we find that he's dead, Josh is like, call the police. Like, it was self-defense. Like, I, you know, I deserve whatever happens. And then everything kind of shifts when they think that instead of, you know, maybe attempted manslaughter, it's like, murder essentially i just find this whole sequence of events very refreshing for a horror movie yeah because everything makes so much sense yeah every way they're reacting makes sense especially for their characters um i just like the realisticness of it a lot 
It's great. <laughs> like a lot, a lot. So the horror part starts to kick in now, right? Up until then, it's just been kind of creepy and kind of like dr- drama. It hasn't been scary. But there are some very scary moments to come. I find the last act of this film to be very terrifying. Oh, it's so good. And it like kicks in. I love it when movies have these moments where you're in it, obviously. And then there's like a switch. It's like someone flipped a switch and it's just like boom, 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 boom. Like until the end where you're like, oh, my God, like (laughs) what is happening? You know what it kind of reminds me of? Oh, God, now I can't remember the name of the movie. I hate it when this happens to me. (laughs) <laughs> the dinner it's like a, a movie about a dinner party and it's supposed to be somewhat modeled after shit female director it's supposed to be modeled after the manson murder kind of oh the invitation the invitation doesn't yeah. it kind of remind you of the invitation a little bit just like yeah. where you have like this really chill moment and then all of a sudden and it's all by feel. Like I, yeah. I'm the storyline's completely different, but I just mean it feels a lot like the invitation. I think mm-hmm. just with like the way the characters develop throughout the film, and then the last act is just really like a big bang. That's how I kind of feel about Drive too. Like yeah. where it's like at the beginning, it's like a lot of lull moments, and then yeah. like the robbery happens, and it's just like full throttle to the yes. end. Yes, totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I know. It's very, it's very well done. I'm very impressed by this movie. Uh, I'm very impressed by Dave Franco, and Good I want to see Dave more Franco. from him. Yeah, like way to go, bro. So like he, so then we have this killer. Now we know there's a killer. The killer shows a <laughs> shows Allison Brie a video of the sex in the shower without. I mean, obviously not like sets her down and shows her, but like you can hear a shower running, and she's looking at the showers. She's like, "There's no shower running." She follows a sound to the video of the shower running and them having sex. So, like, she's like, oh, no. Runs away. Oh, my God. When she, she her car, <laughs> oh, my God. When the tires pop and I'm oh like, my oh, no. So, like, I love, definitely first, one though, of those things. before that, I love when Charlie sees her leaving. Yeah, he doesn't know. No. He just thinks that she's upset that they're, like, trying to cover up the murder, as if that wouldn't be enough. Right. You know? Um, And then she's like, no, I saw you. And I love this moment between them where Charlie's like, where did you find the footage? And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? And then she just, like, drives away. She's like, that's what you're concerned about is where I found the footage? Like, fuck you, you know? Yeah. It's so good. But it's also understandable that he would ask that in that moment. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the she, thing. Like, it's fucking great. It's because so good. Because of course he asked that. Yep. I would ask that, too. <laughs> if I were him in that moment, I would ask that. And I would be a dick for it. But I would still need to know that information. <laughs> because someone knows about that. Someone showed you. And you know where it is. And that's all of the stuff we need in this very moment. Yep. In this crisis we're in the middle of. Yeah. I would love to be worried about my marriage imploding, but instead I need to worry about this first. Yeah. And then we can worry about my marriage imploding. But she's just like, you're fucking unbelievable. Because he keeps putting her aside for other things. Yeah. So like everyone's reaction is perfect. I love it. I love it. It's so good. She rides off. Then there's that... um, 
that thing that you put in the road that makes people's mm-hmm. tires tires pop that's very popular in, in slashers <laughs> and police and, chases yeah she runs <laughs> over it and she like texts him to come save her and this oh, so shot is so good gives me chills i've got chills just thinking about it, it just like runs at the- <laughs> I'm, you know what that um, reminds me of yeah um but without the like bang is invisible man they do that in the beginning when the guy's like running towards the window you're right absolutely there's one other scene in this film at the very end when he does this too where he just like suddenly starts running and i'm like oh it's fucking terrifying (laughs) he's scary yeah absolutely in this mask oh my god speaking of the mask looks it's from drive right i was gonna say it looks exactly like the drive mask yes it does and it also looks like grandpa from texas chainsaw massacre (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well we don't really get a good look at it no but it does look like that i thought it was the same one from drive too i actually have a note about it i yeah it just looked a little um more weathered i guess kind of yeah um but yeah i, I think the only time that we really really get to see it is when he's standing in front of the mirror and, and takes, and takes it, off. it off yeah yeah, yeah. Oh my oh, god, it's man. so good. And then I mean he just it's just a slasher rampage. It's not yeah. really slasher, it's like a hammer or whatever. Yeah. All which is all also of very these drive. kills are great. They all deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I love um except for Mary maybe Jeremy Allen Jeremy Allen White, Josh. No, yeah. He, I kind of feel bad for him. Oh, and he um, like tries to save her. Yeah. Oh my heart. Oh I my feel, heart. I feel so sad because I like that. So he shows Michelle Allison Brie the footage, but he sends the text to Josh. Yeah, and it's just like like the a different moment, and it's just interesting because then she has to kind of like explain what happened, and he's yeah. like his face when that's all going down. Like oh. obviously they're in a very scary moment, but now he's got this on top of it. He just killed someone for her. What is, what is, what's happening? You know, his heart, you Leia. can see his heart breaking. Yeah. Oh my God. Leia is also very upset about it. Poor Leia. She's very emotional. Kenobi she's- was just trying to get by. <laughs> She's upset. She's she's upset that Dan Stevens is such a douche in this movie. I know. She was like, poor Jeremy Allen White. (laughs) How could you? He has a dog. He does have a dog. The dog's okay, by the way. The dog was... I was like, oh, God, I don't remember. And then I saw your message and I was like, thank God. (laughs) He's okay. Don't worry about it. I was very worried when they were looking for him. And I'm like, oh, no. I was like, I just don't need to find this dog anywhere. Yeah. The dog is the only survivor. (laughs) I know. And the killer is like trying to pet him and the dog's like, "Mm, I'm just going to go out this way. I think I'm okay without you. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) I'll figure it out. (laughs) So then the whole end of this movie, it's just credits and it's so creepy and I love every second of it. It's so good. Like how he does it. Mm -hmm. And then he just keeps doing it over and over and over again. We don't know who he is. We just know that he rents these Airbnbs like a normal renter. Waits. Like adds all these new cameras. He has all the cameras to them. And just waits until a moment opens up and there's people he wants to kill. 
It's so good. Did you get the impression through this sequence that he doesn't even kill like the next people? He like waits for like yes. several people. I feel like he waits for like the perfect moment. Yes. Like he waits for the right, like this was the right situation, right? Yes. Um, yeah. He likes fucking with people. I just like think a it's so good. Oh. Yeah. It's really good. And I think this is probably the best slasher I've seen since Hush. I can agree with that. Yeah. Um. I can agree with that. I'm trying yeah. to think if there's any other. It's not. That- it's not that it's super creative. It's just so well. It's well done. Done. Yeah. It's very. It's it's very it's tight. Simple. It's very well yes. executed. Um, there's nothing extra. There's mm-hmm. no overacting. There's nothing that doesn't make sense. Like everything makes sense. Everything yeah. works really well. Um, the acting's great. Nothing. It's just, it makes sense to the point. That's what makes it scary. It's yeah. so believable. This exactly. could happen. You know. This could happen to you. This just kidding. <laughs> it could. It could. But it could, though. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't. You know. Yeah. Don't get any ideas. Yeah. Oof. Killers Sheesh. out there. No, it's a It's Honestly, I'm so glad I watched it. I'm so, I was so excited when you, um, said that because this was the first movie that the wheel gave us and i was like yes oh i'm excited to watch this because it i mean we heard about it right when it first came out but then like nothing at all since which i was kind of surprised about so thank you so much for for recommending this it was a fun watch i want to check with al to see how he feels about it because he's a very like he cares a lot about slashers yeah and I'm curious how he feels about this one. I'll have to check with him. But yeah, this was great. Fantastic. Good choice. Golf claps. Way to go, Alex. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Did we just say thank you, thank you at the same time? We did, Jinx. We are the cutest. <laughs> so adorbs. Okay. Well, should we spin this wheel to see what we're doing next week? Yes. Oh, my God. We have so many requests. Okay. Are you ready? So ready. Okay, let's go. There's a delayed reaction there. Children shouldn't play with dead things. Cool. This is a request from Mark. From Mark, yes. Okay. Is that streaming somewhere? I don't think so. But while you are doing the second one, I'll take a look. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and spin again then. Impedigor. Cool. So we've got Impedigor uh, requested by Armando, and that is streaming on Shudder. I have and seen Impedigor, so I'm excited to watch haven't. that. I know so you I'm haven't. Excited. You're going to love it. I'm very I'm excited. excited. Um, um, and then Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, requested by Mark, uh, streaming on uh, uh, Tubi TV. Oh. F- fling. F- flick, flicks. Fling. <laughs> 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 uh, that thing, which is a uh, sub- subscription. Wow, I can't talk all of a sudden. And then. Yeah, fine. Uh, it's, it's not like we have a place. podcast you have to talk i, know. I was talking for an hour probably <laughs> um i mean i'm ex- this poster is fun i'm excited 
So, yeah. I'm excited. Two flicks I haven't seen before. Awesome. I can't wait for you to watch Impedigore. That would be great. I think I was trying to get you to watch Impedigore. It's by the same guy. I think it's by the same person that did Satan's Slaves. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, This will be great. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. Okay. Well, then stick with us next week when we're talking about Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things and Impedigore. Until then, I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. Bye.